Hello and welcome to another Simple Politics podcast. This week it's definitely December, for for sure this time. There was a bit of confusion last week, but now there was no you, confusion. I, that we're all in December, uh, unbelievably. And with me in December are Tatan and Diane. How are you both? We are great. We're we're with you the whole year through, evergreen and um, ever present, full of wisdom. I'm sure. Stop laughing, Tatton. <laughs> so wise. <laughs> Diane's wise, to be fair. It's just... She is wise. No, she is wise, to yeah. be fair. I'll tell you what, I, like, uh, before we get going, I need to tell you a little bit, little story as to how wise Diane is and uh, as to why, why Diane is the rock of uh of sp um diane rudely mm. um took some time off on friday and <laughs> oh, um, yes. and charlotte and i started doing charlotte and me things so i mean she, <laughs> diane was literally off for like 25 minutes right um <laughs> And uh, in that time, uh, we started messing around. Charlotte and I started messing around, and, and I created uh, Spence, the SP Christmas Elf. It was a piece of very clever naming. What I did was I Googled names that start with SP, and <laughs> Spence came up first. So, And then I, I, I saw if there was a picture of an elf on Canva, and I put our as colours into it, and then, then and then there there was there was Spence, and then and then we put Spence in our posts, and then mm. and then I created an Instagram page <laughs> to Spence the SP Christmas Elf. That's where it um, crossed the line. <laughs> and uh. I tagged Spence in. Spence got like like you know quite a, I mean not quite a few followers, but you know Spence is not Ronaldo, uh, but. You know, it was, yeah. it was, and then and then Dan comes back and says, like, "What have you done?" And we're like, <laughs> um. "Yeah." In my defence, Tatton created Spence. I just didn't discourage it. Yeah, and I think I think I need I need Diane's withering text messages on Slack to say, <laughs> uh, "Stop this." Yeah, it was technically me who made the Instagram account. But you know, mm, it was it, it was yes, yes it was. There you go. The plot thickens. Did you 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 thought you were going to have like um, a Kevin the carrot on your hands? You were going to have to get loads of Spencers made and distributed. A better Kevin the carrot. <laughs> like no offense to Kevin, but I think I prefer Spence personally. I think I think uh, like like this year is a soft launch for the Spence merchandise. Yeah. For next yeah. year. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. so that's why we need that's why we need Diane the Wise. Yes. I've cancelled uh, all my annual leave. So uh. um, <laughs> your annual leave has been cancelled, yes. Um, if you had an actual contract that was written down somewhere, we would uh, revisit it. <laughs> We're very professional SP, shut up. Right. Um, before this conversation gets lost, I need to say um, we're about to go on to the top posts. I know that because I'm on this podcast every week. And I think, I suspect that uh, the actual top post has been cut out of these because mm-hmm. I suspect that I'm being sabotaged from all sides uh, by these two. Because um, the actual top post was a post that I wrote about our shop uh, because we sell good things. And 
it's really difficult this time of year. It's really difficult because I need to sell things to make SP work. We, SP, as an, or as an organization, needs a good Christmas because we get lots of lovely donations and that's really great. And I love those people. And if you're listening, thank you so much. But we need sales and donations to, to make it through. And it's harder this year than it has been before for various reasons. So we're having to work harder and we're having to advertise more and people are getting a bit frustrated with the number of adverts we're posting. People are getting frustrated with the number of adverts they're seeing. And what I really want to do is say, yeah, no, you're right. And bin off advertising and just do SP, but I can't. So it's a difficult situation. So I just put up a post to be really honest about that. Say, say that. And it resonated with people and lots of people mm. did buy things. And that was really kind of them. Uh, and, and they get great stuff. Like our books and card games are really great. Like the love we, all three of us have poured into them. They're great things. And so mm. I think it's a great deal. You get to buy stuff and, and you know, your money really helps us, but also you get good stuff and it is 2016 price, 2016 launch policy odyssey for a tenner. It's 2023, still cost a tenner. Policy Odyssey 2, still cost a tenner. Holy Odyssey is sold out, but still cost a tenner, right? The, 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 the breakdown was published in 2019, 10 pounds. Mm. Like my new book is 15 quid because that's what I've got to charge for it because that's what the publishers tell me to charge for it. Um, so, yeah, so uh, thank you. Oh, actually, in response to that, we also got a few more donations as well, which was super kind. We weren't even asking for donations and people donated. So thank you very much. Thank you for... God, I'm so emotional today. It's It's been a lot. We'll get on in a minute. That's why it's been a lot. But I just... SP people are so fucking great. Yeah. Um, and are. I'm going to stop talking before I start crying. Aww. So if you want to get some of the amazing stuff that Tyler's been talking about, uh, it's spstuff.co.uk. Um, if, if stuff isn't your thing, if you'd like something more ephemeral and you'd like to support the podcast you can uh, go to patreon.com forward slash simple politics and support us over there um and yeah thank you so much for all your support so far it really means a lot let's move on to the first section of the podcast and that is the top posts of the week so tatten what was in number three uh, and number three was um, a post that I wrote that's total nonsense and uh, <laughs> we should never speak about it again. Um, so Nationwide come out and they say, right, here's what an average UK house costs. And it's like, what? An average UK house? What is an average UK house? It's, it's completely meaningless. Figure. I'll tell you what the figure is. It's £258,557. £258,557. It's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, like I gave up teaching like nine years ago, eight years ago, and I was on like just under 40K as what I've seen as a middle leader teacher. That's a lot of years of teaching. That's a lot of years in that, right? If you didn't eat or pay tax or anything mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. 
to be able to get I mean it's just it's just a huge amount of money but it's nonsense because uh, there is no average UK house if you live in the south the southeast London then it's much 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 more expensive than it is to buy a house somewhere else and you know there's so many facts it's it, it, it's it's largely meaningless basically house prices have stayed the same they've gone up by 0.2 and again they've not not all houses have gone up some have gone down whatever you know that's it is what it is but it sparks conversation about how expensive it is to get a mortgage and how expensive houses is and lots of people talking about giving up netflix and avocados uh in order to buy houses and lots of people making hilarious jokes and yeah it's terrible post i do apologize That, that was the serious post we made on Friday compared to <laughs> Spence the Elf. Oh, was that Friday? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, too, you're lucky you got it that It was a then, bit of a fair. slow news day, I think. <laughs> it's a very zeitgeist post. House prices is always a great discussion. And, you know, even if they shift the dial on house prices at the minute, the mortgage rates just aren't there for people mm-hmm. to even avail of cheaper house prices because of the the mortgage rates being still quite high so yeah it's uh it's a conversation for sure at the minute mm-hmm. but i guess our conversation about it's going to end there diane what's the second most popular post of the week okay this one's all about the bbc uh i don't know how much actual bbc programming you you guys watch i do a bit Actually, to be fair, I'm one of the- watch, watch. I'm on it. <laughs> exactly. Yes, Tatton's you on are. It. You are. I <laughs> exist because of the BBC. My parents uh, met from being on Songs of Praise. Wow, what that is but, an amazing you know, story. Yeah, I never know how people on Songs of Praise mm. know the words when the words are like printed on the screen, but they can't see the screen. <laughs> They're there. Like that's wow. really confusing. That's yeah. Yeah, ask your mum. Let me know. How do they do it? How do they do it? <laughs> but yeah, the BBC, I do dip in. And, you know, we're all, I think we've all discussed Doctor Who this week on our SP Slack, big fans. There's some other dramas, things like that I watch from the BBC. But the culture secretary, um, current culture secretary, Lucy Fraser, isn't happy because the license fee that we all pay is going to rise in April though it has been frozen for two years. But it's going to go from 159 up to 173, which is, you know, uh, quite a rise. Everything's rising at the minute. Costs are going up for everything. So it's just another thing that's going to get more expensive next year. But she's not the first culture secretary to uh, come in hard at the BBC. Who can forget Nadine Dorries, who um, was culture secretary a little while ago and she really was gunning for a big change in in BBC kind of whole structure and at the time when this current round of license fee setting was agreed it only goes up to 2027 okay this agreement between the government and the BBC about how the license fee was frozen for two years and then will increase with inflation and the Dean Dory said at the time that negotiation would be the last. She was like, that's it, license fee, boom. Don't expect it, BBC. And at the time, a number of things were talked about that could happen, ways of modelling the BBC. You know, could it go to subscription service like a Netflix, for example? 
there are some problems with that, aren't there? Because radio is huge for the BBC and how do you put that behind a paywall, really? You know, I don't know. There's, there's things to work out. You know, could it be part privatised? Could the government actually give the BBC the money somehow? I don't know. There's various models, but we know the government are working on this and they want it to change by 2027. And they don't want, they're not, it's not just the price of the licence fee they're not happy with. There have been stories over the years about people being, you know, taken to court, imprisoned, all sorts of things for not paying it. Imprisoned? Imprisoned. Imprisoned. Going to prison for not doing it. Mm. Yeah. It's a criminal offence rather than a civil offence not to pay. Yeah. So. Yeah, but prison. So so something needs to change, right? If that's the case, something needs to change. Like, I just want to... I'm well. Partly speaking as someone that runs an organisation has no real funding model uh, and still struggles on doing its best. I have all sympathy with the BBC. Mm. Um, I love the BBC. I love it with all my heart. I love it. I just I spend all day, every day, consuming the BBC in one way or another. I wake up with today on Radio Four, and then I pick up my kids. We have Radio One on, and then I come come you know to my desk. And I just, I've got the BBC News page, web page up all day. Um, I watch Politics Live every day. Um, in fact, I'm on it. I'm on it on yesterday, if listening on Friday. <laughs> We're recording this on Wednesday because I'm not here tomorrow, which is Thursday because I'm up in London for the Politics Live. And then I'm back. I, you don't care where I am on Friday. But anyway, <laughs> if you're, if you're watching, listening on Friday, it's on iPlayer from yesterday. Mm. Uh, presumably, I listen to football on the, for free. You have to pay to watch football on the telly. I listen to football for free on the radio when I can. Talk Sport has radio commentary, and there's a great argument that says the BBC should never be in competition and paying for Premier League rights when that could be done by ITV or Talk Sport. But Talk Sport is advertising funded, and they just push gambling at you all the time. They cut across to the, I think it's Betfair, doesn't matter, whatever, guy and say, you know, what What are the odds on this happening next? What's What, 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 what are they saying? They're pushing, even even during the game, they're advertising at you. And, and it's, it's not as good. Mm. And literally my whole day is with the BBC. And 160 quid a year compared to, I mean, what, Netflix is like £16 now for like your regular tier, I think. It's gone up to a month. So that's more than the BBC. And Netflix is only when you're sitting down to watch TV. Whereas the BBC is with you, or with me anyway, like I can't, can't speak to, to, to you, the listener, but it's with you all. And... It's BBC Foreign Language, BBC Worldwide, BBC BBC Arabic, BBC... Like, all these kind of services that the BBC provides globally. Mm-hmm. We can talk about soft power. We can talk about, about what we gain as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a nation because of the BBC's standing worldwide. Now, listen, it's a regressive fee. Rishi Sunak, who has a few bob can afford to pay 160 quid really easily. And he only pays 160 quid for his BBC, right? If you're 
really struggling, 160 quid's a hell of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Even if it is less than Netflix, brilliant. There's still a lot of money. So, so, so I'm not saying this is the perfect way of funding it, but cutting its funding, real terms, cutting its funding time after time after time after time. Saying you're going to freeze it for a couple of years and then freezing it again means that we have got cuts to Newsnight. We've had cuts to BBC Arabic services. We've had cuts to, to some of the best things it does. Because some of the best things the BBC does aren't done by commercial services because they, they aren't commercially viable. So we need to fund them. I don't know how to fund it. Maybe they should sell card games at Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I bloody love the BBC. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez, I'm so emotional today. Shut up. You're crying. <laughs> but, uh, this, this is the issue, isn't it? Is no one has yet come up with a viable alternative. A lot mm. of comments on this post were saying just advertise. Now, the problem is that advertising revenues are down massively. ITV and Channel 4 are really struggling with this at the moment. So just switching to adverts isn't going to help either. There's creative creative things, isn't it? Like, you know, lottery funding. Like they could have the BBC lottery. People, People still buy the lottery tickets. But, you know, what's the one where you buy, like, a house? Someone wins Postcode. an £8 million pound house. Oh, no, there's, there's oh, a, that, no, oh, oh, maze. Oh, maze. Like, like mm. that, that makes a heck of a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. Gambling, is gambling the solution? Probably not. Um, I just, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's advertising in this podcast. Someone actually said to me that um, we were talking about the perils of having children at Christmas time and we were interrupted by... Um, a Jurex advert. <laughs> um, and they were asking me if I had any control. I was like, I, what? <laughs> I did, but it was, but it was, it was a sex aid uh, Jurex advert rather than a condom Jurex advert. So, <laughs> so possibly it would be making the problem worse rather than solving it. But I don't know. Like, it, 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 because I'm on it, I don't listen. I don't like, don't like, don't like my voice, so I don't listen. So I don't know. I, 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 there, I, the one episode I did listen to was when I wasn't on it, and it was lots of gambling adverts, which I thought frowned at, but there was no sexy time adverts. So maybe it's just because they know it's me, and they go, yeah, not him. Don't, don't show me that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And of course, if you're a Patreon backer, you don't have to get any ads at all. Uh, so Smooth. She's, that, she's such a professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hasn't cried it's, it's, once this podcast as well. I, I've done too much crying this week. But yeah, it's less smooth if afterwards you kind of go, yeah, that was smooth. Anyway, um, so yeah, a tricky one, a tricky one we've got there. And we could probably spend a whole podcast talking about that. But we won't. We will move on. Tatten, what was the most popular post of the week? Uh, this was uh, King Charles III um, popping over to uh, the UAE, uh, popping over to Dubai to uh, have a little talk about the environment. And uh, a lot of people, or a lot of people in the comments were like, oh, but he flew there. Mm-hmm. So, yep, he did. You can't call King Charles III out for being hypocritical on the environment. The guy... The guy has lived environment for his whole life. I mean, the post was him saying that we've got to act on the environment. I should have said that first. But he he was talking about climate change and the environment stake. People, people would, he was mocked widely for being so green. Uh, talking to trees. 
Yes. Was was yes. was, was, was the trope about, about, yeah. about the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, say what you want about the monarchy, say what you want about the guy himself. He's no saint, but he has got green credentials. And that's why he can go and open a global conference, I think, genuinely, and say, let's, let's, let's come on, team, let's do this. Um, I think the conference itself was a bit of a flop. There was some stuff about food that seems all right, but we know that we're not going to make our Paris Agreement the targets as a country. That report out the other day said, like, what gets promised at these conferences doesn't get delivered. So... It, 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 I'm very miserable about the whole thing. I think I said that last week. What was that the email? Anyway, um, I think it's deeply regrettable that we're not doing more, but he was there and he did it. Yes, him and Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak all flew with their own private jets to the Climate Change Conference and people were like, that's really hypocritical. My eight-year-old was saying, isn't it silly? Mm. And that's a cut-through story. It would have that's been, a cut-through yeah. story. It would have been but a really nice gesture if they had have shared, right? There was a, there was a security issue apparently. If you have the king and the prime minister in the same vehicle mm, and it's flying through like yeah. everyone's air, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you yeah, can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I thought, I mean, maybe you'd have to fly extra. Like, imagine the outrage if they'd all flown together, all three of them. Mm. And the, but then they had to fly extra planes, like alongside. RAF jets, alongside. Like when David Cameron cycled to Parliament, oh yes, and then the pay, and then the, the car he would normally be in drove behind him carrying his briefcase, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that kind yeah, of gesture. Yeah. If it's yeah. offset with some other security thing, doesn't mean anything. Like I do. I mean, I get it. I, mm. I think it's important that all three of them were there. You can't take the train. You can't exactly. take the boat. No, but it's like, a bit, bit of a long walk. Yeah, hitchhiking's off. So, so it, 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 it's difficult. Like, could they have flown yeah. charter? Maybe not the king. No, I mean, scheduled, scheduled flight. Could, could Keir Starmer have flown first class? Probably. We have planes that go to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe Rishi Sunak as well. I don't know the security stuff. You know, again, yeah. you don't want to have to say, right, the prime minister is going to be on this plane. So only, we're only going to sell 50% of the tickets for this flight mm. because we need so much security around the prime minister. It might, it might be more environment. I, I don't know. It might be more yeah. environmentally friendly for him to just take his own plane rather than boot people yeah. off an already going plane. But, but the leader of the opposition presumably could have gone quite happily, you know, in the con- no one knows who, you know, just regular people, maybe people going to Dubai, to, I don't know, I don't know who goes to Dubai, horrible place. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to end that conversation On there, that purely bombshell. because we have the, <laughs> <laughs> partly because that, uh, but no, because we have a related question that I think we're going to dig into mm. more. Let's move on to the mailbag. So this is the part of the podcast where you can ask us questions and we will do our best to answer. And this week we have a question from James. This week we have a question from James. Hi, James. uh, Who asks, why is the renewable energy transition and net zero by 2050 not a more important issue for MPs, given that the public support 
and the opportunities it provides for the future. So, discuss. Well, um, I don't know if uh, I've told you, but um, I've got a book out called <laughs> Politics, Politics But Better. Oh, I've mentioned that in a while. An A to Z guide. Uh, I'm just having to read it. I've forgotten the title of my book. I'm having to read it off my shelf. <laughs> An A to Z guide to creating a more hopeful future. Um, and what's Z, Tatten? Z is zero emissions. Um, Interesting. And, it's, and it's, it's not just about climate change. It's about the way our structured politics doesn't work. We have parliaments that need to be elected, governments that need to be elected every five years. Mm-hmm. the current net zero targets will require some kind of lowering of quality of life. Some kind. More inconveniences. Having to take the bus sometimes. Or, or, or heating your house a little bit less. Or whatever. No, not heating your house a little less, but maybe buying a, a, a heat pump or buying some more insulation, spending some money, doing something that's a bit annoying. Governments don't want to do that. Governments want you to be as happy as you possibly can, you to be as rich as you possibly can, you to be able to get life to be as convenient as you possibly can. And climate change legislation, and this happens time and time again, and I'm not just talking about this country, in almost every single country where we're having these conversations, politicians are trying to push it as fast as they can without inconveniencing anybody at all uh because as soon as people are inconvenienced they get cross and you know there are arguments like there are quite valid arguments that say india is polluting a lot more than we are china are polluting a lot more than a lot a lot a lot more than we are in fact china you know they'll say that china are opening 15 power stations every day uh, that each one of them, but you know all this stuff. So why why are we making it so hard for us just to drive? But how much difference does that really make compared to China? And these arguments only get rolled out when it's inconvenient to us. When everything's fine, it's like yeah, cool, we'll do that. Yeah, no worries. It's like you know, I'm up to my eyeballs in COVID inquiry at the moment. I think we're going to talk about that in a bit, but. Washing your hands, the message to wash your hand is a cost-free measure, right? We could all wash our hands and then we're healthier and then we get less fluy and then we get less covid and then we die less, right? So brilliant, wash your hands. But then when it's more like, oh, and don't see somebody else, then it's trickier. Mm. And we start going, oh, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe it's not so uh, whatever. Mm. Okay, so um, my take on the whole net zero thing, or not my take, but but a take on the whole net zero thing, um, I totally agree that it's not there, it's not right up there with MPs because of what you've said and what you've described, Hatton, because it's difficult, because it's inconvenient. You need to bring people with you. You need to tell them a compelling story for why things have to get more tricky for them for a while for the greater good. And I know that at the minute the government are obsessed with league tables and where we are against other different countries for everything. 
But some of this, and the Green Party would argue this, is the, the politics of doing the right thing. It does not matter that we are doing more than another country because we should be leading this, setting an example, saying, come on, guys, let, let's do it. We should be showing people that transformative stuff is possible and that we can get our renewables up to speed and we can create green jobs. But it says a lot that it isn't in Rishi's top five priorities. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's not really in uh, Starmer. Starmer writes about about British energy, British energy, but not yes. but not specific. So, in, in Starmer's missions, not pledges, yeah. he writes vaguely about energy and green jobs, but mm. it's not it's not a climate change pledge by any means. Mm. And let's not forget that. Keir Starmer has pretty much free reign to make his mission whatever he wants it to be because he's not accountable for it because he's not in power. Mm. He could be like net zero mm. tomorrow. Oh, government didn't do what I would have done. Like that's that's how mm. it, how it works for him. So it's 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 very different. I think. Do you know what I I said this in my email last week? Um, I'm, I say it in the book, so I will say it again now. I would like to see a referendum on net zero. And I'll tell you why I'd like to see it. Because either we're going to do it as a country or we're not. Mm. And we need to stand up and say which of those it's going to be. If this country backed serious commitments to net zero, backed taking the hit, the politicians yep. would have to deliver it. Yep. As we've seen with Brexit, they have... Politicians that didn't want Brexit, that voted against Brexit, are now talking about exploiting Brexit, doing the best we can. They have to deliver on the, the, the referendum result. And if we don't say yes, if we say no, mm -hmm. then we understand where we're at as a country. Then, then we know all of the nonsense we talk in Parliament, whenever it's election time, we're going to vote against these measures. We don't want to do them we can be realistic as to where we're at. Only through a referendum can we be clear what we want, who we are, and how we're going to get there. The only other people, by the way, calling for a referendum on this are uh, Nigel Farage and uh, Richard Tice's Reform Party. So, so that's... Um, that's it's not it's not a policy that's generally widely Why, every time no. I talk about this stuff, like when I was promoting the book, I talked about the stuff on, on the media and uh, no one ever particularly thought that was a brilliant idea. But that's uh that's where I am. Brilliant. We think it's a brilliant idea. Don't we, <laughs> Do Diane? We? Do we? <laughs> Do you still want a job? Okay, let's move on to the third section of the podcast. Now, this is when we uh, look more closely at any political leader that's making headlines. And this week, we've been watching Keir Starmer. So what's he been up to, Tatton? I thought we were watching the, the COVID inquiry. Have we been watching uh, Keir Starmer? Yes, we've been yes. watching Keir Starmer. <laughs> um, so Keir, Star Keir Starmer... I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what Keir Starmer wants. And um, it's a little bit of insight that I've learned. Okay. Keir Starmer really wants to win the next election. Does he? Right? He really, wow. really wants to be Prime Minister. 
Keir. Are you still Sir Prime Minister Sir Keir Starmer? I don't know. Um, he wants to be Prime Minister. And and to be fair, he wants to be Prime Minister because he thinks he's going to do lots of great things to the country. Um, but he thinks that to be Prime Minister, you need to be in the middle. To be able to win elections, you need to be in the middle. That's what Tony Blair did. It's not quite what Margaret Thatcher did, but it's what David Cameron did. So, so to change parties at, at election time, you need to be in the middle. So he's like, check out how middle I am. He wants to win back all the people who voted Boris Johnson mm-hmm. in 2019 and all the people who voted Theresa May in 2017. He wants all the kind of centrists to come to him. And he's, he's specifically talking at the moment about people who voted conservative, not in 2019, not in 2017, people who voted Conservatives all their lives should now vote for Keir Starmer. And he's even, I mean, you know, he uh, he threw out a bit of a line about Margaret Thatcher that was like, um, oh, people who made change happen. And then everyone was like, oh, you're praising Margaret Thatcher. And it's like, this wasn't, a, this wasn't, this was not an accident that no. her name crept in there. No. And that it was slightly ambiguous ambiguous as to whether he was praising her or not because they i mean it's sad if you read it it sounds a lot like praise like a <laughs> lot like praise like quite a lot like praise but he's like no i just said she did change mm, yeah meaningful i mean anyway it doesn't matter he is all about showing what a, he's the adult in the room and he's going to he he wants to say he is the common sense chill, just get it done guy. All of this psychodrama that's going on, all of this nonsense that's going on over in the Conservative Party, look at them. The Liberal Democrats have got their silly publicity stunts. Don't even worry about them. The SNP are all, you know, falling apart. I'm the guy you want. Vote me. Vote Keir. It's probably how the advert's going to go or something. That, that was a party <laughs> political broadcast <laughs> on behalf of Keir Thanks, Stormer. thanks. I channeled my inner uh, former public prosecutor chief guy. Um, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, oh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, that he re- it was on purpose. It wasn't an accident. It was on purpose. He mentioned that. And, and obviously, as many people have highlighted this week, he is also showing how different a Labour leader he is and that it's unfathomable to think that Jeremy Corbyn would ever have have even said Margaret Thatcher got stuff done and, you know, (laughs) or anything of that ilk. But he is saying he is a completely different Labour leader. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you never got Corbs. Sorry, you never got Corbs saying... uh, if you vote Conservative all your life, vote for me. Yeah, no. He had no. never he had never been down with that. No. 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 And then he didn't win, so maybe. But this whole thing really, really annoyed me. Because I mean, at SP, the whole point of SP is that we are impartial and accurate and we encourage political conversations to people who don't necessarily agree. How do we have that, you know? Mm-hmm good, meaningful Mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. And if a politician can't even tangentially praise someone from another party, then that is not a good place we're in. Because the thing is, anyone, whatever you think about Thatcher, 
she did change the country. Whether you think that's for good or for bad, like he, it's barely mm. praise. But and the problem is that because that then this got reported on as oh he's praised Starmer. Most people didn't actually then go and read it. They just uh, sorry he's praised Thatcher. Most people didn't read it. They just saw that headline and thought oh well Starmer's gone to the right again. And it's just not true. And it shouldn't be a problem in the first place. We should be able to look at people across the aisle who don't have the same opinions as us and be able to pick out things that we do respect without that being a major thing it's really annoyed me we should in the well, mean get we off should, my soapbox no that's all right <laughs> i think we should in the mean but there are some people who press every who press a lot of buttons and margaret thatcher is one of those i don't understand why that is but again <laughs> you didn't really praise her and if it's just taken out of context and blown up completely from what he said well, but that, but the, the, this is this is the, it's all it's it's all part of the game, isn't it? You get to you get to watch shows the conservatives he's trying to woo that he's doing it is is, is by him being prepared to upset the people on the left of his party, and let's not forget it's not the conservative party the labor party the labor left has nowhere to go they're going to stay in the labor party being grumpy voting labor no matter what in the right you've got various kind of smaller right parties yes you've got the green party on the left but they're not attracting labor voters labor people trade unionists they're going to stay in the labor party they may not be happy with things but they're staying so the i think the labor the labor leader doesn't have to appease the left in the way that the conservative leader has to appease the right so they can stretch that tent a little bit further yeah, say something that's not terrible about Margaret Thatcher. Use Margaret Thatcher's name without spitting on the floor, and that's going to upset some people in the Labour Party. But he can do it. And it reminds me that in party conferences, s- which one? Sunak was asked first, because their conference was first. Koonsberg asked Sunak and Starmer the same question. She said, um, say something oh, nice yeah. about the other guy. Yeah, yeah. And Sunak just times. didn't didn't do it. Mm. Sunak just twisted it into, he's heard. And Starmer managed to give Sunak some kind of a compliment. I mean, it was it was very vague. Like, I hate that. I hate that. Like, like I'll say nice things about anyone, really. Except Diane. Yeah. <laughs> and charlotte yeah Yeah, it's it's just i just think we should all be a bit nicer to each other peace and love but there we go that's why i work at sp and not for a political party i mean we'd be awful political party oh (laughs) Oh, come on i think that person raised a very valid point Okay, let's move on to the final part of the podcast, and that's the crystal ball. So that's what's been happening this week, and what is happening over the next week, Tatton? Uh, well, it's in theory the end of Parliament uh, for the year. Next year, we'll have 
like four days of, of of parliamentary sittings. The last one will be matters to be raised for a recess, which is when people stand up and talk about whatever they want to talk about. Unless uh, we're recording this on Wednesday and uh, Swella Bravman has just been renewing calls for Parliament to sit over Christmas to mm. pass this emergency legislation on uh, the Rwanda policy. Uh, we're almost certainly going to see it in next week's business. We're going to see it in the Commons next week in some form or other. Uh, James Cleverly has been a very bad boy because he went to Rwanda and signed a treaty. And when you sign a treaty abroad, you're supposed to come straight back to the Commons and and uh, and give a statement on it. And he didn't do that. So, um, I mean, he's he's it's it's a naughty thing to do. Mm. Um, and the Speaker, well, the Speaker was a bit poorly, so it was Deputy Speaker. Was, was 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 an eyebrow was raised at that behaviour, which in parliamentary terms is quite the thing. Um, so, I would expect the reason for that is not just because they hate Parliament and they hate you and me; it's because they're working up a serious plan. So, mm. I, I suspect that by the time this podcast comes out Friday, I suspect on Thursday there will be a statement from either Cleverly or even the Prime Minister mm-hmm. saying, here's what we're going to do. And we will see emergency legislation in the House next week. Mm-hmm. Whether we announce emergency days, because we because it ends it ends early um tomorrow because um because because of the way Christmas falls Mm. There's, you, you know, you've definitely got a 20th, 21st, 22nd that could be feasible, that are working days for most people, not schools maybe, but for most people, those are working days. There is space for emergency days if they need to get this legislation through. So I think, I think small boats is what we're going to be talking about next week. And it's all going to, yeah, we'll see. Because the Supreme Court said it was a no-go, so they've got to try and match what the Supreme Court said but that's not quite how rulings work. Mm. It's not like go away and come back to us in a week. No. With this. So no. you don't get a second draft on it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see what the plan is. Uh, small boats is my crystal ball. Diane, what's in your crystal ball? Um, two quick things. Um, one is that we next week we're going to be doing something quite special i think we're going to go through the whole year i think we're going to talk about it i think we're going to look back at stuff that happened in january and say blimey did that happen this year and um, so <laughs> we'll, have, <laughs> we'll have quite a special podcast episode i think um coming up Yes. Oh, 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 I just remember one other thing that's happening next week. What? Um, Rishi Sunak is in front of the Covered Inquiry mm. next week. Oh, yes. Um, the final few days of this module, of this section of the Covered Inquiry. Uh, we have Boris Johnson this week, uh, which we've hardly spoken about, even though that's all I've watched uh, and thought about. And then next week, Rishi Sunak will get to go um, and be the last word from from what happened from within the, from the treasury perspective yeah. and expecting to come up against quite some severe criticism of uh, questions as to whether he ignored medical advice on eat out to help out is the biggest thing the treasury is kind of questioned and there was also questions whether the treasury boycotted Matt Hancock if whether Johnson spent too much time listening to Sunak and not Hancock 
or more accurately, the scientists. It seems that no one spent much time listening to Hancock, um, but listening to scientists rather than the money, mm. because the economy is obviously takes a big hit with any lockdown things. So, so it'll be a very interesting session with us, you know, as well. Yeah, excellent. So, I think we'll definitely be covering the COVID inquiry more next week because we've still got a one more day of Boris as we record. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've missed him if you're listening on Friday. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll talk all about that next week. So on that note, thank you very much for listening, uh, and thank you very much to Tatlin and Diane. Thanks, Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. Bye, 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 bye. 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 just heard a stripped media production.